Welcome to Amplify. We're the show that will help you take your message, whatever it may be, and get it out through social media, networking, and other marketing channels. Maybe even some that you've never thought of. Whether you're an organization, small or large business, or you just have the next positive message that's sure to go viral, you'll want to stay tuned this hour. Now, here's your host, Ken Rashawn. Welcome to Amplified. We have an exciting show as always, but uh, this past Friday, I was able to go to an event called I Manifest Bliss, and we met some extremely influential big leaders, and I was fortunate enough to have one of them stay connected with me, and I invited her to the show just so she could share the experience and also something she's up to that's really, really huge. So I'd like to bring on the air, Lena Forsley. How are you doing, Lena? I'm fantastic. How are you, Ken? Great. It's a, it was a pleasure meeting you. Uh, pleasure was all mine. So it's amazing the six degrees of separation. Although we didn't know each other, we found all these people that we knew in common. So it, went, uh, yeah. it was Mema Karma's event and Don Espinosa, right? That was the, the creation Correct. of the event Espinoza. by them? Okay. Correct. And t- tell us about that event real quick. Well, you know, I was really honored to be a part of this event. And I met so many fantastic people. Uh, basically, the event was uh, a lot of uh, storytelling, sharing of people who have overcome great adversity and taken that adversity and the experience of it and turned it around to not only improve the quality of their lives, um, but to improve uh, other lives and to help others and to inspire others. And, you know, it was really just so wonderful being surrounded by such great energy. Give an example of... Uh some of the adversity you heard people overcome? Well, you know, you've had people who have struggled with uh, really uh, tremendous health issues and, and financial issues and, and suicidal thoughts and, and tendencies, and, and they've just turned their lives around and, and overcome it all and have not only survived but honestly have, have created far better enriching lives and are now taking what they know and using it to help others. And I just think that's just so amazing. Anything that benefits the human race is a wonderful thing. And you are a recent author, and I'm guessing that'll share what adversity you've overcome. Yes, I've been fortunate to have met Carol Starr Taylor of the Creative Publishing Group and I was able to share my story of my experience with domestic violence uh, and in dealing with the justice system and the the unexpected torment that came with that. So it was really healing for me to uh, release the truth, to tell my story, but I did it not only for that, I did it to help inspire others and let them know that they're not alone because that's a common feeling with victims of violence. They feel very alone. They feel like they're the only ones going through it. And um, it's really sad and lonely and dark time for them. Uh, and so out of that story, I, I, uh, you know, I just found a new passion and, and purpose in my life. Uh, what is the book called? Uh, the book is called Rebel Rising, and it uh, turned into a number one international bestseller, so we're really proud of that. That's awesome. And you are doing an event in D.C. this September, September 8th. Tell us about that event. Correct. Uh, in my journey uh, with, my, with, the, uh, with the assault, the aftermath, the, the justice system, I really started uh, opening up and sharing and met so many 
great survivors of violence, uh, people whose stories are, are so inspiring and people who shared their stories with me and their experiences. And I really found that this is a, a global problem and uh, that we need more programs in place and new legislation uh, to better support survivors of violence because it's currently outdated. So I created an organization called Survivors Advocating for Equity. It's registered in Canada and the United States. We will be opening up chapters um, to uh, to deal with uh, geographical issues, um, and laws in the geographical areas that need that need attention. And so, to launch the organization officially, we're going to be doing a march in Washington on September eighth called the Safe Crusade on Washington. That's awesome. Can uh, you tell people how they can follow and connect with you? We have a Facebook page. That is called Survivors Advocating for Equity. And they can go on there and check out the page and uh, read some really inspiring things and, and uh, also check out updates on the event that we're holding. And I understand when we were talking earlier that this is such a big problem. You've had an outpouring of support and just a remarkable amount of people uh, join you in this crusade. How many people have joined you on Facebook? Yeah. On Facebook, we currently have uh, just over 35,000 people, and that really goes to show you um, how badly this is needed because we just started the page. It's not, it's not very old, and we already have 35,000 supporters, and it's growing an average of 500 every week. Um, so I'm really proud of that, but it just goes to show you, um, when you start speaking out, it just inspires others and empowers others to do the same. So I'm really just so blessed and happy to be part of a tribe that's hopefully going to be, be making uh, positive changes in, in other people's lives. Well, thank you, Lena. You, you've been amplified. You certainly are in a, a, a wonderful pathway and movement and leading a purpose-driven life we certainly would like to support. So you have our support here at Amplified and the Umbrella Syndicate. So we'll connect later and talk about how we help you with that event on September 8th. Oh, I'm so grateful for that, and, and thank you for having me on. Okay, safe flight back to Canada, your second favorite country. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for that. I will. Thank you. All right. Have a great day. So we have a, also another surprise guest that uh, is just going to share what she's up to with a uh, success GPS. Her name is Jennifer Baker. And uh, Andrea, why don't you take a minute to give an introduction to her? Absolutely. Jennifer Baker, she's just a super powerhouse. She's got this great event going on this weekend. And not only is she having this really great list of talented speakers, but she just headed up the primary for the entire legislative caucus for all of Nevada, which was on Tuesday. And here we go right into this week with, uh, I think it's 12 amazing speakers. Uh, Ken is one of them. I also am going to jump on a panel. I'll let Jennifer talk about it even more. Jennifer, are you with us? I am with you. Oh, my gosh. Well, you forgot about the California primary right before that, so it's much worse than that. <laughs> well, that's absolutely hysterical. I didn't realize you had the California <laughs> one and Nevada, so you are a busy girl. Well, when Ken introduced oh, yeah. me to you, I was quite amazed with uh, your tenacity and your ability to get things done. We share with us the main focus of this event uh, coming up this weekend and all the great fun everybody's going to have? Oh my gosh. Yes. 
I feel like a little child all over again, meeting all the most amazing people I've ever had an opportunity to. You being my latest one, I'm very excited. So I'm a business and political consultant by my typical trade. I meet some of the most powerful people in the nation, probably in the world, when I get a chance to get out and move around a little more. But the, um, the event that I put together is, years and years and years of compilation from irritations that I've gone through when I meet the real business owners, the ones who are seriously just trying to start things or get businesses going so they can stay home and raise their families to make a decent income, to break that glass ceiling that they put over their head by creating a J-O-B and they want to just go start their own business. And the frustrations that they have are that there's a lot of speakers out there. There's a lot of wisdom out there. There's a lot of people who have done it, but there's very few who can sit down and actually teach them the first couple of steps of getting started or the first couple of steps of getting their business in the right direction and or growing correctly. So on Amplified, it's a perfect combination of working with Ken and you and some of the others because what Success GPS is about is wherever you need to go. You can come in and meet the experts that will take you exactly where you need to go without all the um, pitching from the stage, without all of the, I've done this, I've done this, look how great it is. It's actually people that are coming in to give back because they've already achieved greatness and they're in there to really just walk everybody through the process of what they really need to be doing. And it's through a workbook, through an intensive two-day experience that's hands-on and high-touch. So it's just a completely different form of event that most people are not used to. So for those that are seminar junkies, they would love something like this because they go there, they take all the notes, they listen, they record, they do everything they can do. And when they get home, they sit down and they go, wow, I just missed a whole you know, couple of days worth of work. Now I have to go catch up on that. And then the work never starts. The progress never begins for them. In this event, we actually get some of the work done while you're there. And you get, if, if you go VIP with us or you buy the after, you actually get a full year's worth of coaching afterwards with each of these experts doing a deep dive all over again. So you don't just get it while you're there. You get one full year's follow-up from each one of them to make sure you get exactly what you need and you stay on course, just like the GPS machine that you put on your car or your phone. It takes you exactly where you need to go as fast as you can without all the, the speed bumps and roadblocks in the way. So it's kind of cool. Yes, it is. As a matter of fact, I think, Jennifer, after the event, we want to get you on the show for a full hour and maybe bring some of the highlighted speakers in to give a little sample so that when we do the next event, we have, gosh, I, I would say we'll have to take over the state with the, <laughs> the amount of people coming. <laughs> and I think I'm I might even record you. I think, I'm, I think I'm going to do Cool. And I think I, we might even orchestrate a recording uh, so we can even play one of the shows while I'm flying in the air. So that'll be kind of fun, too. So <laughs> that would be fun. Cool. Well, Could Jennifer, I look forward to seeing you this uh, Friday. I look forward to seeing you this Absolutely. Friday. And we're going to uh, have an, not only a phenomenal time, but I think we're going to make those type of relationships that have a ripple effect that will just have an unbelievable impact. So thank you very much. You've been amplified. Look forward to seeing you in about four days. Absolutely, and make sure you get some of your friends that are open to jumping in and creating a different life with you when you come. Just bring them from the plane as you're coming across the country, Ken. I think it would be a perfect opportunity for anybody who knows how to say yes to their life. 
I agree. I agree. So, Andrea, if you'd please introduce Armand. We have got a big conversation to have with him. Absolutely. So, Armand Marin is an internet marketing industry expert who built a multi-million dollar international business in 1996. You see, he had a dollar eighty-three in his pocket and zero experience, and he grew it into a multi-million dollar international business that's been in over 100 countries. Now, in 20 years, he has become one of the most well-known internet marketers in the world today, and he teaches the exact techniques and strategies that he uses in his business every day, and thousands of students have produced millions in online revenue. Armand is one of the most referenced names in internet marketing. A quick search on Google or Yahoo or Bing, and you'll see his name pop up on hundreds and thousands of websites. It's quite amazing. He is an international speaker and a trainer, and it's not uncommon to see him share the stage with people like Donald Trump, Richard Branson, oh, oh who else? Mark Victor Hansen, um, uh, Joe Fatelli, John Asraf, Laura Langemeyer, and more. He is absolutely such a talent, and we're so excited to have him after just being with him at Guerrilla Marketing a couple weeks ago. Everyone listening, stand up for Armand Marin. Sounds good. Well, thank you very much for having me. I'm, in, I'm pretty excited. After all that big introduction, I sound very important. <laughs> <laughs> well, you certainly are. And I have Ken MacArthur to thank for giving me at least a couple of uh, taste of your amazing speaking ability and really sharing a lot of gold nuggets when you're at events. So with that said, I've been very eager to have you on the show so you can not only educate our audience, but really give them the choice of freedom. Because when it comes right down to it, you are giving them a pathway from having a bit of a scarcity lifestyle to having one that's abundant. You know, and you, you said something that's really interesting there. You said, uh, you said it's the idea of giving them a going from a scarcity lifestyle to one of that of abundance, and and I think that that's where uh, I think what we've been trained to do is think that other people have stuff and you don't have stuff and you want some of their stuff. Does that make sense? Of course. And yes. <laughs> what happens though is that I think once people change the mindset, because people, you know, it's kind of natural when you're talking about the world of business, especially in my world which is primarily on the internet and things of that, like that nature, people think that, that you have to, uh, you know, it's, it's all about making money in one way or, or another and that yours has to be the only game in town, where in reality, the whole idea about ideas and the way that you think has more to do with it than the technical abilities than, uh, of what you're doing. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. I'm sorry. I'm on mute every once in a while because we have some disturbances out here. So, so I wanted to ask if you, I wanted to ask if you could share your story uh, because obviously that that teaser of having a dollar eighty three. What was that like to look at that and say, what do I do with my future with this? Yeah, um, I mean, when you look at this, let me just kind of give you the background of where I was at that particular stage in my life. Uh, in in that particular moment, what was happening was I just had. Uh, I, something that happened to me that I think a lot of people have gone through. Uh, I had a bad relationship and she left me. Um, but at that particular moment in time, I was working on this idea of starting my own company, of starting my own business. And it was Easter Sunday uh, and uh, my son's mother left me and took my son with her. And so hmm. there I was. I, I was in this apartment. Um, there was no furniture in the house. Not only did she leave me, but the person that she left me for 
had knocked on the door that morning. I had no idea that this was even happening. It was just a, a slap in the face, and I'm leaving you, and we're going today. And here's the moving trucks in, in the front yard. It was just that quick. So it was a sudden shock to my system. But again, it, during this time frame, I'm trying to build something and do something in many ways that no one had ever done before. And the only thing I had left in that department that afternoon when she had left was, uh, like you said, I had $1.83, which was enough to buy a couple cans of tuna fish, and that was about it. Then I, uh, I had a desk that I had gotten from the Salvation Army, uh, was just this beat-up, run-down desk, and I had a mattress on the floor. And I, the last bit of money that I had, I had spent on a fax machine because I needed that in order to start the business. Now, this was 1990, uh, 1995 at that particular point in time. Now, think about that. Think about where my head was at that time. It wasn't about a prosperity mindset in any way, shape, or form, but I was put into a position where my back was against the wall and I had nowhere else to go. Uh, it, it, it's, it's at that moment that you make a decision. I think a lot of people in life have been in a position like that and you either have to fight, you have to move forward, or because you can't back up any further. And, and if right. you can't back up any further, there, there is only one way to go. And if I didn't succeed, and this is where my mind was at that, that point in time, if I, if I didn't succeed, then her leaving uh, was justified. So, so I, I, did, I couldn't let that happen. So there was this bit of spite. Don't get me wrong. I, at that particular point <laughs> in my life, I was a little upset. Uh, but, but now here's what happened. Now, a lot of people, we've all heard these, these phrases and these ideas and these stories that people talk about uh, and these little cliches that people say. But at that particular point in time, once I got my head right, over the course of the next two weeks, something pretty magical happened because a lot of, you've, we've heard time and time again that you need to pay your dues. And, and I personally have just never subscribed to that idea. I believe that when you're ready for it, it happens. And in the next two weeks, uh, I did launch that company that I was working so hard to launch. Um, we did bring in $200,000 worth of business in the next two weeks. Now, you have to put it into perspective. The most money I ever made in a single year was about $40,000 at that point. And here, all of a sudden, $200,000 just came in over the course of two weeks. Um, I paid off my bills where I was, and I had two partners. I had one partner in North Carolina, and I had one partner in Biloxi, Mississippi. I was now the single individual, so I literally packed up, and in two weeks, I moved down to Biloxi, Mississippi and started that particular company. And over the course of the next uh, seven months, we did $1.8 million in sales. So That's life turned around very, very quickly. So it doesn't have to take a long time, but again... Starting from that particular point, it changed very, very rapidly, but I had to get my headset right before I could actually make that change. Does that make sense? It does. I, I guess one of the questions I have right out of the gate is, um, had your wife not left, would this have happened? You know, I don't know. I mean, that's, uh, that's one that you'll never know. That's one I'll never know. I know that for sure. Um, I, would anything have changed? I don't think anything would have changed. I was that far deep into the process. Um, mm -hmm. But I know at that particular point, though, I had no choice. There, there really was no choice for me at that particular moment in time. And I think we all come to a point in our lives where we have to make that decision. Are we just going to continue playing or are we actually going to jump in the game? Okay, so when you say you were so deep in the process, you were so deep in the process of 
being married to her and having things the way they were, or you're so deep in the process that you were about to um, take it big with these partners? Oh, gotcha. Yeah, okay. when I say I'm starting the business, starting the business itself. Okay, um, got that's it. That's what I was referring to. Now, when you got the uh, $200,000, did you head on down to Hallmark cards and get a thank you card and send it to her? Yeah. <laughs> you know, oddly enough, uh, here's a, an interesting part to that story. So, um, you know, from that business, I ended up selling that business, uh, you know, six or, you know, uh, shortly after we had reached that one point, then at the end of that first year for stock in another company, and uh, which is not a good idea. In fact, I got a certificate on my wall right now that says that that company that I sold was, is worth a whole grand total of one cent now. So selling your company to another company for stock, not a good idea in a lot of cases. Um, but, but, here, but here's what happened, though, is um, I then you know, eventually started moving my business onto the Internet, and, uh, and that's a whole other story within itself. But, but you know, since that time, and just to kind of give everyone a perspective of where, I, where I've gone through and what I've done, is my companies have done close to 200 million, well, actually over 200 million dollars at this particular point. Um, so it's kind of interesting. But here's the the when you talk about denial, uh, she continued to tell my son that apparently that it was not my money. It, yeah. I, I, that I don't have a big house, even though my son had seen the various homes that I've had over the years. She couldn't actually accept that I had succeeded in some way with without her. So. Now she does, and, and honest, honestly, we've just never talked about it, and, and that's okay. I'm, I'm fine with that. So we just had Father's Day uh, yesterday. How was that? Yeah. It was great. You know, it was great. Uh, you know, I actually went to see The Incredibles with my, my daughter. My daughter's uh, 11 years old, and my, you know, certainly my son uh, called me, who's now 24 years old, the, the one that I just talked about. And uh, But I had a great Father's Day, and I had a chance to sit around and uh, play with new technology because my wife had gotten me the one thing that I had wanted, and that was uh, an Oculus Go headset. Mm. So I, I spent a bit of my time in virtual reality. <laughs> that sounds fun. Well, the reason I asked you about uh, Father's Day is I was curious, do you teach your kids how to create this type of lifestyle uh, that, that they can actually enjoy? Yeah, you know, I have hopes. Let's put it that way. Um, my goal, and I think, you know, my goal in life is for my kids is this, is to make sure that they're happy. And uh, no matter what they do, uh, I try to instill, uh, I try to instill the same vision that my mother gave me. My mother gave me this one vision and my father gave me the same vision. And that is, uh, and I heard this repeatedly again and again throughout my whole life. And if there was one thing that they said, it was this, it was, you can do anything that you want in life as long as you want it bad enough and as long as you put in the work for it. So this was something that was constantly drilled into my head that you can always do anything that you want. And, and I, I grew up with that mentality, feeling that nothing is impossible, that nothing is out of my reach, that if I want to do something, and I still have that same belief today, and that's the same belief that I want my children to, to actually have as well too. And uh, so, yeah, I try to guide them towards, uh, you know, being sufficient and not having to depend upon someone else. And even my son, my son wants to do custom body work, and he does do that to a degree today. Uh, but I'm trying to get him to think beyond that and to open ex his mind and expand it where it's better to own the place where you are rather than <laughs> working for someone else. And I think my daughter will probably will always work for, will always work for herself. I don't. I think she is 
fortunately unemployable. <laughs> Meaning that even at 11, I can kind of see that she's going to be better off working for herself, that she wants to be able to call the shots, that she's going to uh, be perfectly fine in that realm. So you said both your parents uh, shared that anything is possible and that you should take that on as a philosophy? Yes. Because that's really amazing advice and it allows everything to be possible versus so many yeah, parents, I, mean, I, I don't think that they share that. Yeah, let me give you an example of that. I mean, I've done some, you know, some extraordinary things, I think, in my life, and it was due to the fact that I, I just never believed that I was limited in any way, shape, or form. Um, I, I never believed that I could stop it. Yes, I, I, I was fortunate enough to realize that I needed to own my own business at a relatively young age. When I made my first million, I was 26 years old, Right. So that was that was interesting, and that was cool. But I also right. learned that money was just a, I also learned that money was just a number. Uh, it's just a number. That, that's all it is. I know it does mean a lot. Don't get me wrong. Money does help you pay your bills and things of that nature. But I also learned that it was just a number that you could replenish at any point in time, and that's how I always always viewed money. Fortunately, um, I wasn't always having the desire for money. It was for what the money could do or provide for someone else. And I was also never selfish about money. Now, this is an interesting point I want to make to everybody is that the things that I've done in my life in order to generate income or do anything was actually never, ever for me. It was also for someone else. It was for somebody else. It was because of a need that someone else had. Even now to this very day, I'm not doing this for me. I mean, quite honestly, I am actually relatively happy in a one-room, single-studio apartment by myself, and that would be perfectly fine for me. Right, but I want other things for my family. I don't want my kids to go through the things that I had to go through because even though I did start my first company at 26, it was the years before that that kind of sucked. Meaning mm. that, yes, I didn't have any money. Yes, I, yeah, I had to make that phone call every once in a while for, to, to my mother and father and ask for literally just $20 to eat. Uh, there was times where I lived out of my car for I think I lived out of my car for about three or four weeks because I didn't have anywhere to go and I didn't have anywhere to pay for it. And I didn't want to tell anyone about it either uh, because I also was this level of shame that went along with that, thinking I should be doing better off than what I was. But it, it made me stronger as an individual. It, 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 yes, it sucked at the time, but it did make me stronger as an individual. And it, and it was that vow that you make at those particular times where I never want to go through that again that pushes you forward to give you that uh, work ethic to continue working and continue doing the things that you need to do in order to get to where you want to be. Because everybody in life, and I think this is what people need to understand, is that you are either running towards something, but in many cases, we're running away from something. For me, yes, I am running away from a life that I had previously. I do not want to go back there at any point in time, but I'm also running towards something meaning that I have new goals, I have new things that I want to accomplish, I have new feats that I want to uh, uh, achieve and things of that nature. But getting back to my original point is that because I had no limitation on my mind, I didn't think it was, I didn't think it was impossible to go from living out of a car to making millions of dollars. I didn't think that that was a hindrance in any way, shape, or form. But since that time, yes, I made a million dollars when I was 26 years old, and that was kind of cool, and that was fun. But then we went on to build bigger companies and bigger businesses, of course. But uh, along the way, uh, you know some of my story, I actually had a Billboard best-selling album 
I created a record company. We launched an album, and we actually had the seventh best-selling CD on the Internet uh, uh, over the course of uh, about just five days. Uh, we, we actually launched it, and five days later, we're the seventh best-selling CD in the world, and so it was pretty awesome. Um, I've gone on at when I was 44 years old and started taking Taekwondo again. I used to take martial arts when I was younger. And uh, now I'm ranked the number two in the, I used to be ranked number one as of last week, but now I'm ranked number two in the country for Taekwondo at, a, you know, at 48 years of age. I mean, that's kind wow. of crazy when you think about it. Uh, we've, you know, I've spoken on stages of 8,000 people. I mean, again, it's just a surreal experience that people are there and they're actually listening to you. I've had dinner at Buckingham Palace with... Prince Charles, and, and at the time it was Kevin Spacey and Rick and Kathy Hilton and Sir Ridley Scott, and during dinner simply read the band was playing. It was just an experience that, uh, you know, very few people in the world could ever say that they've actually went to Buckingham Palace, had dinner with Prince Charles, and it was just incredible. But all of these things uh, is a result of, number one, having an open mind, number two, believing that anything is possible, number three working towards your dreams and goals, and I think many of these things were really just kind of side benefits because if you are dead set in, in going forward with anything that you want to go forward with, then you have certain side benefits that occur along the way and, and everything kind of happens. And, and let me just explain that for a second because I think it's really important. I always believe that many times in life we start working towards a goal and we become sidetracked. At some point, we're, we're working towards it, and a shiny object comes up, and we get a little sidetracked. And because we get a little sidetracked, we're just not focused enough. We need to get back focused again. But when we're on the right track, I truly believe that you can call it whatever you like. You can say God or the universe or whatever it may be. Signs magically appear. When you are doing the thing that you are meant to do, I believe that, that certain signs appear that things start happening, that you maybe get that next interview, maybe that you get the sale that you've always been striving for, maybe you come up with the idea, maybe magically that week you have an increase in sales just out of the blue that you weren't expecting, but things start happening very succinctly, and all of a sudden you start doing a little bit better, but you have to pay attention around you to see the signs that you're actually on the right path in order to succeed. Does that make sense? Totally makes sense. And when we introduced you, and it's been mentioned a couple of times that you have amassed over $200 million out of your businesses, that's obviously a very big number and possibly unfathomable for a lot of people. So taking it down to what it takes to get to the first million, what are probably three things that you would say are unique that you do that causes that, that people don't actually hear that often? Yeah, I mean, this, uh, I know it's going to sound kind of funny, but a million dollars isn't a lot of money. Let's let's just face it, right? Right. I mean, it used to be a lot of a lot of money. <laughs> it's just not anymore. Um, but, well, it's a lot of money for a, a million dollars. Yeah, it's a million dollars is a lot of money if you don't have a million dollars, right? Right. Um, and that's what you got to think of. So the question is, how do you get the million dollars? Well, you don't get a million dollars. That's the whole point. Is you. You, you, one of the things that you said, you said, I amassed $200 million, and, and I think that's kind of the key word there, amassed, meaning that over the course of time, it's taken me 20 years to do $200 million. 
it didn't happen all, all at once. And, and when you're looking to create a million dollars, a million dollars doesn't happen once. Um, what mm-hmm. happens is you have smaller increments. For example, what you do is you, you break it down. So let's just break it down to the most minuscule amount that you could possibly have. And let's just focus on something I think that people can visualize and see. And that is $100. So the question is, if you have $100 right now, you only have one question that you need to answer, and that is, how do I get $200? So in other words, what you're trying to do at every step of the way is you're trying to double your money. You don't try to quadruple it, and here's the reason why. Because if you have $100 and, and you're used to making, let's just say, $100, well, if I told you that you could make $400, you can't mentally figure out what four, an extra $400 looks like. You just can't see it. No matter how much I say it's easy, no matter how much I say it's simple, you're just going to get ticked off and, and, and not believe that you can make an extra $400. So your goal has to be relatively small in order to get to where you need to be. So $100 turns into $200. So that's what your goal is. How do I take $100 and turn it into $200? So if I have a product, and let's just say I had a product that I sold, and let's just say that the product sold for $100, um, in this particular case, how many products do I need to sell? If I have $100 already, then I just need to sell, well, one more product. Now I have $200, right? Yeah. So at this particular point, you have, uh, you have $100, and so you sold a, you sold a product. You, now you've got $200. So now the deal is how do we invest that $200 in order to make uh, double that, which now we need to make another $200, so that would give us $400. And so what we need to do is we only need to make two sales if we have a – uh, a product that sells for $97. And so our goal each step of the way is to simply double our money. And, and here's the interesting part. Once we've made, let's say, 200 we now know one thing. Definitively, we know one thing. We know how to make $200. That's it. Mm. Yep. So if we know how to make $200, then the question is how do we make $400, which is simply doubling the money that we have. And, and that's how you have to look at it. It's not in big increments, but if you keep following this logic just for a moment, you know, 200 turns into 400, 400 turns into 800, 800 turns into 1600, right? So we're, we're doubling that money each and every time, but we're also expanding our mindset. Um, a friend of mine, Harvecker, um, Harvecker, you know, calls this your financial thermostat. We all grow up with a financial thermostat to some degree. I mean, my, my father never made more than $40,000 in his whole life in a single year. And, um, you know, there's been, there's been multiple times in my life uh, I've made, uh, you know, multiple hundreds of thousands of dollars over the course of an hour. And my father would never be able to comprehend that type of income because his financial thermostat was set at $40,000. That's the best that he ever did. And many years, it was much less than that. So what happened was if I told my father, for example, he could make $80,000, there's no way that he would be able to understand that. And also, if, he, if, he, if I instantly just gave my father $80,000, what would happen is he'd probably lose it because his financial thermostat is set for $40,000. Therefore, the extra 40000 he would probably just buy things with it that he wouldn't invest it enough to make another $80,000. Does that make sense? Yep. So what we're, what we're talking about here is the idea of being able to double your money. Now, the way that I double my money is I don't invest it necessarily. I invest it in advertising in order to get sales. I am in the idea, I'm from the school of thought that you create something that people want, and it doesn't have to be complicated. It can be something like uh, a course. Yeah, well, let me give you an example. I mean, you, have, you guys have a radio show. 
right here. So if you created a course teaching people how to do interviews, how to get interviews, and how to have your own radio show, you could easily sell a, an introductory course for $97, and people would want to know how to start their own radio show. I mean, it's a very popular topic. Um, mm -hmm. So then what you can do is you can sell an advanced course for uh, another $200 or $300 on top of that, and then you can sell an advanced course on top of that, which means that people might buy another course for $1,000, which is an intensive, in order to create their own radio show. So the idea is that you create something that people want, and then you simply sell it to them. And it's this process that I'm going through in order to make a million dollars. Once you, again, if you think of the idea of doubling your money, and even to this very day, when I advertise, if I'm running an ad on Facebook right now today, if I set a budget today of $50, my goal on that ad today is to double my money, is to turn that $50 into now $100. So I have mm -hmm. a $50 profit. And that's all, that's all it is. And, and, and people think it's more complicated. Now, I might spend a little bit more than $50 today. I might spend 100 I might spend $200 uh, today. But I'm still going with the goal of always doubling my money each step along the way. So these little, if everything that I do, if I'm trying to double my money, the more I put in, and again, it's not a risk at any point in time because I know exactly how to go from how to double that amount of money. And then right. once it... If I keep repeating this on a daily basis, and I can many times repeating this multiple times per day, what happens is that million dollars happens. If you break down a million dollars, let's put it this way. If you break down $100,000, right, uh, over the course of a, a year, uh, that's 8300 and something odd dollars a, a month, right? right? So a million dollars uh, would be about $83,000 a month, roughly. Mm-hmm. So, so it's kind of point, it's, I was going to say it's kind of fortunate that you were really bad with math when you had the dollar eighty three because you went to two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, I got, well, you know, right there, I got lucky. <laughs> 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 I will be the first person to admit that I got lucky. And but also, what you, what I didn't tell you is that that also was six months of preparation. Sure, I kind of figured that, that was since you said you, you're well in the process. And things of that nature, and it was just the fruition of all that work coming off in one day or one couple weeks. And you offer uh, ways to learn this outside of the radio show. You go to events. How, how important are events to you? And, and how do you advise people to go to events? I do. I do. I do advise people a lot to go to events. You know, uh, you know years ago, uh, when, when I first started online on the Internet in 1996, there wasn't uh, a lot of events around. In fact, it wasn't until many, many years later that events started happening, and that was around the 2001 mark, somewhere in that area. So my business was already doing quite well. We were already doing about $750,000 a year or so from in that area, somewhere in that, that realm, um, very consistently. And um, I went to an event, and I met some people. Uh, so oddly enough, those same people, I can tell you the people I met at that first event I went to, uh, was Kurt Christensen, who today is still a very good friend of mine. I can pick up the phone and dial him and call him. Marlon Sanders was another person I met there. Joel Christopher was another person I met there. Ted Siuba was another person I met there uh, at this very first event that I ever went to. Now, mm. these people have been my friends for now, you know, almost 20 years. Think about that. 
right. but I met them and we got to know each other and we liked each other, oddly enough, because we were all doing something similar, even though we had never met before and we may have crossed paths in certain ways on the internet because we all sold products on the internet at that time. Um, but because of that event, within the next, I would say, six months or so, that my business doubled. And the reason why is because of the people that I met at that event. Now, I'll tell you, at that very first event that I went to, it wasn't, it wasn't the information. And that, that first event, the person on stage talking and speaking and teaching shouldn't have been speaking and teaching because they had no idea what they were talking about, but the other people in the room did. So some events that you will go to, you will re quickly realize that the person may not know as much as you think they know, and that happens. That does happen at almost every event. There's one person that may not be to your liking, let's just say. Um, but uh, so it, you'll, the people you meet is probably the most important thing that happens at any event. Uh, the people that you meet, the network that you build, the people that get to know you, because it's not how many people you know that matters the most. It's how many people know you. So let me give you an example. I mean, uh, I was uh, making some phone calls over the weekend, and I uh, picked up my phone, and I was looking for, I was actually looking for a speaker, believe it or not. And uh, so I was looking for a speaker on the topic of success, and I picked up the phone, and I, I called a friend of mine, uh, John D. Martini, who was in the movie The Secret. He speaks all over on the topic of success and things of that nature. And uh, so I picked up the phone and I, I just, you know, give him a buzz. And then I, I didn't get a hold of him immediately. He was uh, out and about. But I left a message for him. But that type of idea. I mean, when you look at, when you look at the people in your contact list on your phone, if I, well, you know, when you can pick up the phone, for example, last week I picked up the phone and I dialed Les Brown. I can pick up the phone and I can dial Mark Victor Hansen. I can pick up the phone and dial all of these names. Why? Because I've met them. I've met them. Mm -hmm. I went to an events with them. And most of these people I actually met at seminars. You know, that's, mm -hmm. that's where you meet people. That's where you meet them. That's where you get to know them. Um, and that's when they get to know you. Uh, because a lot of times when you get a chance to have a, a prolonged conversation with someone, they get an idea of who you are as an individual. They get an idea of what's inside you. They get an idea that you're not just a superficial person that's just out to make a buck. They get to know mm -hmm. that there's a real person inside of you, and especially when you sit down with people. And I think one of the greatest things, uh, a friend of mine who oddly enough texted me Happy Father's Day yesterday was, is Alex Mondozian. Alex and I, we've owned uh, many different companies together over the years. And uh, Alex always said that there's nothing better, there's no better way to get to know an individual than to break bread with them. And, and I believe that's true. You know, mm -hmm. I, I believe that's true. When you can sit down and have dinner with someone and you're talking, you're guards down. You're no longer, if you're, for example, if you're a speaker, you're no longer that stage personality that has to be on because someone's expecting you to be on, <laughs> you can just put your guard down and, and just talk like normal people. Does that make sense? I mean, you, I mean, both of you, you've seen people on stage and you, I think you probably will agree with me that there's a stage personality and then there's that same individual off stage and sometimes they're different people. Totally. And that is, can be a problem and also it can be that they're they're actually more of a, a better human even so it's it's cool to actually get to meet that person off stage yeah absolutely 
Well, I wanted to, Andrea had a question she wanted to ask, so I'm going to bring her in, and then we're sure. getting close to the rapid fire time. Oh, sure. wow, we are already, so I'll uh, make this short and sweet. So uh, one of the things that I loved about what you were sharing just recently about the people that you've connected with at these different events is, you know, the value of social proof and social capital in relationships. And that's one of the things that, you know, Ken has been building for so long with the Umbrella Syndicate and with Amplified with Ken Rashawn. And so I wanted you to talk a little bit more about that as far as um, how you view that with internet marketing, that, you know, the social proof of, you know, taking pictures and connecting with people and showing other people in the world that you've built these relationships. Yeah. I mean, let me give you an example. I mean, for me, for me, it doesn't matter, right? I, I don't care if, uh, uh, I'm one of those people that it doesn't matter who you, who you've met. Uh, I think it matter who's, it matters who you are, right? But, you always have to remember that you're not your audience. So in other words, just because I don't think it's a big deal doesn't mean that your audience that you're marketing to. So for example, especially if you're just getting started, I'll give the, the best piece of advice I would give anyone. And that was if you're just getting started and building a business of any sort, there's this process that I call success by association. Uh, in other words, if if, you, if I go to your website, and let's just say you're a consultant or you're a coach, and all of a sudden I see your picture with, let's just say, Tony Robbins and, um, and Les Brown and Mark Victor Hansen and Jack Canfield and all these other people, and uh, I see your picture with, taken with all these people at different spots all over the world, I'm going to automatically think that you must be a big deal. There's no doubt in my mind but also at the same time, that's one thing you can do to get started. Now, you may not have a strong relationship with these people when you first get started because you just went up and asked them for a picture, and that's understandable. I get that. But you know what? The first time that you go up to Jack Canfield and you ask him for a picture and you introduce yourself, he may or may not remember you the next time. But the next time you go up to him, he's going to say, didn't we meet before? And then the third time, he might even remember your name. And then the fourth time, the more you get to see each one of these people again and again and again, the more they're going to get to know you. And then there's going to come that time, that time where you may be building a product, that you may be building a service, and, and you think, you know, let me – and there's a phrase that I use, and that is, go get your no. In other words, you're looking for joint venture partners, and, and some people may be saying, oh, man, you can't just go out and ask Jack Canfield to promote your product. And then you should probably think, well, maybe I can because he knows who I am at this particular point. Maybe I should just go and get my no. If he's going to say no, he's going to say no, but that's okay. But let me go and get it because there's this chance that he might say yes. And then at that point, you go out and get it. And maybe he says no. Maybe he says yes either way. But you went out and you did the work, and now he knows you. But now the next time, you might go out and ask again. And, you know, there may be that one time that he says yes. And the more you get to know an individual, the better the chances of them doing business with you in some way, shape, or form. Or maybe you're doing an interview show and you want to get Jack Canfield up and you pick up the phone and dial him up and say, Jack, I need you to jump on my show. And, and, and he shows up and it's awesome. It's incredible. And it shows you that, like you said, that, that social networking power, if you will, but also at the same time, it, 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 you tap into the other person's audience and that helps you grow as well too. You get exposure to that person's audience as well too in many cases. And, and that is a quick way to do it. I mean, think, think of today. I want everyone just to think about the world today just for a moment. This is a social world as much as I really hate to admit it because 
I'm just not one of those people that go on Twitter and go on Facebook and post all kinds of things. But I do realize that this is a social world in many respects. So, for example, if I want people to know who I am, if I put a picture of me, as an example, with Jack Canfield, who I, I do know, but if I put a picture of me and Jack up there, all of a sudden uh, I tag him on Facebook with it, his audience gets notified that I tagged him if they're following him closely. So what mm-hmm. happens is now I'm tapped into another audience and some of those people might follow me. Now, repeat this process with a bunch of different people, depending on how their accounts are set up, you could possibly get exposure to millions of people in a relatively short period of time by simply taking pictures and then getting more, getting to know them more and more and then having them mention you, having them talk to you. You know, there's a strategy, and this is a, another strategy, but I'll just tell everyone what it is because I've been researching this a lot over the weekend. I have a friend of mine that has, uh, I was in London last week, and he has about 1.3 million people following him on Instagram. And uh, so I asked him, I said, dude, I said, did, did you buy those people or what? He said, no, 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 I didn't buy them, but I kind of did. And I said, well, what do you mean? He says that, he goes, well, what I did was I actually bought a shout out, shout out on Instagram. In other words, I went to found someone that had a large following on Instagram and they would put a shout out to me. In other words, they would mention me on their Instagram account. And then out of that one person that might have a million people following them, I'll get like 2,500 or 3,000 people to follow me. And so hmm. then all of a sudden I start, I'm like, well, man, I need to build my Instagram following. And I, you know, I don't really, you know, post a whole bunch of pictures. And so I just started going on Google and I started searching, you know, um, basically buy Instagram likes. And you don't want to buy the likes, for example, first of all, but you can put buy shout outs on Instagram and you'll find, um, you'll find, uh, different companies where they have these high celebrities, uh, and what they'll do is they'll mention your name on their Instagram account and you'll instantly get like 2,500 to 3,000 people to follow you depending on how big their audience is. So it's a really That's inexpensive cool. way in order to build an Instagram following to get that millions of people following you. So you look like a celebrity no matter what. But again, mm. um, as you're coming up and building your audience, your own audience and becoming who you are, as an individual, you can do some of these things in the meantime to really set yourself up for success. Does that, does that answer your question, Andrea? I think it did very thoroughly. And we have really just a minute to uh, get your how to follow you. And I would also like to add, uh, add what's the quote that you live by? Success leaves traces. <laughs> okay. And uh, what's the book that changed your life? The book that changed my life, man. You know, um, there's a guy, and this is a, a, a really, this is a book that changed the way I looked at things. His name's Dr. Uh, Robert Anthony. And uh, Dr. Robert Anthony is this uh, person in, down in Australia. And uh, he wrote uh, a number of different books, but um, let me just see this. Uh, Armand, we only have like 10 seconds. We only have 10 seconds. Yeah, so I'm gonna put a, we'll put a link to that. Um, yeah, just go to uh, Dr. Robert Anthony, and you can go from there. But, and also you can follow me. Just go to armandmorin.com. Awesome. So you've been amplified. We hope to have you back again. And, of course, all the events that I've seen you at have led to the time that we could have this wonderful conversation. So thank you very much for spending an hour with us. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. All right. Have a good day. Bye-bye.
We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Amplified. Be sure to join Ken Rashan again next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, go get your message heard.